0: Our episodes deal with serious and often distressing incidents and may not be suitable for children. If you struggle with addiction, feel depressed or have suicidal thoughts and you need support, please contact your local crisis centre or reach out to a friend to ask for help. Jane Mansfield got her first taste of stardom as a nightclub entertainer and a singer, and one of the early Playboy playmates. A blonde bombshell, she was touted in magazines as the next Marilyn Monroe and became a major Hollywood sex symbol during the 1950s and early 1960s while under contract at 20th Century Fox. But her road to fame would not be an easy one. Just like Monroe, she was rumoured to have several lovers, including a couple of the Kennedy Boys. By 1967, her life would soon take a deadly turn. The Hollywood actress had been married and divorced three times, and had a total of five children. In the early hours of June 29, 1967, while travelling from a nightclub in Biloxi, Mississippi, en route to New Orleans, her car would slam into the back of a stopped semi-tractor trailer truck at 80 miles per hour. Jane Mansfield, her boyfriend Samuel Brodie, and their driver Ronnie Harrison were killed instantly. But by the grace of God, her three children, who were sitting in the back seat, survived the devastating accident. Join us on a supernatural journey as we explore Jane Mansfield's rise to fame and fortune, the deadly curse surrounding her haunted estate, and the haunting final days leading up to her tragic death. This is Death by Misadventure.
1: Jane Mansfield was born Vera Jane Palmer under the zodiac sign of Aries on April 19, 1933 in Pennsylvania. The only child of wealthy parents, Jane was named after her mother, Vera, and her father, Herbert W. Palmer, was a successful attorney in Phillipsburg, New Jersey. Her parents were both born with the same surname, and her ancestry was part English and German. However, Jane's life would be marked with tragedy at a young age. When she was only three, her beloved father died suddenly of a heart attack. Jane, who had always been a daddy's girl, was heartbroken. Fortunately, her mother Vera was able to support the family by working as a school teacher. A few years later, she met and married Harry Tex Piers, and they decided to move from Phillipsburg, New Jersey, to Dallas, Texas. Jane was fond of Harry, a firm but loving man. She loved the fact that she had a new father figure and they were a family. He was a good provider and bought them a small home in the suburbs of Dallas, where Harry also cultivated his daughter's love for barbecuing. Jane was a smart girl and her IQ was reportedly 163, but her real dream was to be a movie star. Her parents were supportive of their young daughter's aspirations and enjoyed her artistic performances at an early age. When she was five, Jane was singing for anyone who would listen, including her gigantic collection of stuffed animals. At seven, she would stand in her driveway and play the violin for the neighbors. Though her idols changed over the years, from Shirley Temple to Jean Tierney, Hedy Lamar, and Jean Harlow, they were always movie stars. Jane visited Hollywood for the first time when she was 13. After a tour of 20th Century Fox Studios, she and her mother went to the Brown Derby for lunch. Jane spotted the great Gildersleeve radio stars, Dennis Day and Harold Perry, and asked for their autographs. "'You know, Mama,' she said when she returned, "'One day, some other young girl is going to ask me for my autograph.'" And she was right. However, in 1949, fate stepped in and changed the course of Jane's life forever. She met her future husband, Paul Mansfield, at a party on Christmas Eve in 1949. They were both popular students at Highland Park High School in Dallas. The couple quickly fell in love, and on May 6, 1950, at the age of 17, they married because she was secretly pregnant. Their beautiful daughter, Jane Marie Mansfield, was born six months later on November 8, 1950. Her husband Paul hoped the birth of their little girl would discourage his new wife's interest in acting. However, Jane wasn't going to let children stand in the way of her road to stardom. Jane enrolled in college to study acting, but in early 1952, her husband was called to the United States Army Reserve for the Korean War. While he served in the Army, Jane and her daughter spent a year at Camp Gordon, Georgia. Her husband returned from the Korean War in 1954, and the couple decided to move to Los Angeles so Jane could finally pursue her dream of becoming a movie star. Jane flourished in Hollywood. She took a job at a movie theater, but was soon accepting work as a model. She was hired for her first professional model shoot for General Electric but they decided against using her photo in the campaign because the executives felt she looked way too sexy for the 1954 viewers. Paul took a job with a small newspaper in East Los Angeles, and they lived in a small apartment in Van Nuys with Jane and her pets, a Great Dane, three cats, two chihuahuas, a poodle dyed pink, and a rabbit. Sadly, the marriage was rocky, and after several arguments around Jane's ambitions, infidelity, and animals, they decided to divorce. After the marriage ended, Jane decided to keep Mansfield as her professional name. Her ex-husband Paul remarried and settled into the PR business and moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. However, he failed to win custody of their young daughter, and Jane was now a single mom. After her divorce, she was finally free to pursue her acting career. Her first film was a bit role as a cigarette girl in Pete Kelly's Blues in 1955. Jane was successful in gaining other small parts because of her sex appeal. She appeared in two other films that year, Hell on Frisco Bay and Illegal. However, her breakout role came in 1957 when she nabbed a feature role in The Burglar. By the time Jane portrayed Rita Marlowe in Will success Spoil Rock Hunter and Playgirl After Dark, Jane was now known as the poor man's Marilyn Monroe and would receive a Golden Globe Award as New Star of the Year. In Hollywood, Jane Mansfield was often compared to Marilyn Monroe. The two blonde bombshells not only look similar, but they both shared the same lovers, including President John F. Kennedy and his brother Robert. Marilyn was quoted in an interview stating, I know it's supposed to be flattering to be imitated, but she does it so grossly. I wish I had some legal means to sue her. Jane Mansfield's trademark color was pink. She wore pink, drove a pink car, and bought a mansion that she dubbed the Pink Palace. The Pink Palace included 40 rooms, a heart shaped bathtub, and a fountain that flowed pink champagne. At the height of her fame, she supposedly sold bottles of her bathwater for $10 each. When it came to romance, Jane was a fool for love and always had to be in a relationship. It was a constant roller coaster ride of emotion. Like a true Aries girl, she was smart, warm, passionate, and fiercely independent. Like other sex symbols in Hollywood, Mansfield was encouraged to date other studio actors and not to have children, a contract clause she initially agreed to. However, That all changed when Jane attended a Mae West performance at the Latin Quarter. After the show, she met the man of her dreams, 1956 Mr. Universe, Mickey Hargitay, who was working as one of Mae West's musclemen in the show. The two quickly fell in love, but Mae West became very upset that Jane was trying to steal her man. She called a press conference where she ordered Mickey to denounce the relationship with Jane, However, her plan backfired and he told the press, Janie and I are very much in love and we have seriously discussed marriage plans in the future. Her second husband, Mickey, proposed on November 6, 1957 with a 10-carat diamond ring. The happy couple soon welcomed their first child, but the new role as a mother would cost her movie roles. But Jane was still a headliner in Las Vegas, She became one of the highest paid female performers and earned $200,000 for 10 weeks of work. She continued to leverage her notoriety in exchange for cash, food, and furnishings for her family and many pets. Six years later, her marriage to Mickey began to unravel and they split in 1962. They soon reconciled and were lost overnight off the Florida Keys. The headline suggested she had drowned. But the day after, they found Jane and Mickey stranded on a rock, stating the boat had overturned when Jane thought she saw sharks. Mickey called it a lie when the papers called it a publicity stunt. Shortly after, Jane's world would come crashing down after Marilyn Monroe's unexpected death. Hollywood's desire of the blonde bombshell was over, and she was dropped from her studio contract. At the same time, she separated from her husband, Mickey, whom many in her circle considered him her rock. However, Jane didn't seem to care and told reporters about her divorce before even telling her husband she was leaving him. After her divorce was final, she quickly married director and producer Matt Simber, However, the marriage was short-lived and they would soon split less than two years later because of her alcohol abuse and constant cheating.
2: field's Hollywood career was on a decline in the mid-1960s, and she was forced to work in nightclubs to help make ends meet. She continued to make special appearances, and even traveled to Vietnam to perform shows to cheer up the troops. Born under the life path number three, Jane had a great talent for creativity and self-expression. The life of the party, she always needed to be the center of attention, but her downfall in life was men. She was always chasing love and no man could ever truly satisfy her emotional needs. After Jane's marriage ended with Mickey Hargitay, her life continued on a downward spiral. She was drinking too much and started dating her married lawyer, Sam Brody. Jane also became intrigued by a new friend, Anton LaVey, the charismatic leader of the Church of Satan. He was immediately captivated by her beauty and awarded Mansfield the title High Priestess of San Francisco's Church of Satan. Whether her interest in LaVey was an attempt to garner publicity to revive her career, to this date, is unknown. However, the satanic leader was a ladies' man, just like Hugh Hefner. And after Jane met him during a trip to the 1966 San Francisco Film Festival, she was intrigued. The unlikely pair became inseparable, and they were later photographed at the downtown LA restaurant La Scala, and even at her pink palace estate by her heart-shaped pool. But what shocked her fans the most was photos of LeVay performing satanic rituals with the actress against the backdrop of tiger skin rugs. She told reporters that she was Catholic and that she didn't believe in his church, but that she regarded LeVay as a genius and an interesting person. However, LeVay viewed their relationship differently, and according to him, Jane had a real desire in exploring the occult, while her friends said privately, she was simply curious about it. Levey soon became obsessed with Jane, and took an instant dislike to her married boyfriend and attorney, Sam Brody. Over the next few weeks, they clashed several times, and the legend goes that LeVay put a curse on Brody, telling him that he would be dead within a year. LeVay later said that the curse was supposed to protect Jane from Brody, who was violent and abusive towards her. He warned Jane to stay away from her married lover, fearing that she might be affected by the deadly curse. But of course, Jane didn't listen. Soon, bad luck followed her around like a ghost. A month later, after meeting LaVey, her son Zoltan, while visiting Jungle Land in Thousand Oaks, California, was mauled by a lion but thankfully lived. Then Jane was involved in two separate car accidents with her boyfriend. The strange occurrences continued. While traveling in Japan, some of Jane's most expensive jewelry was stolen, and in England, her show was canceled after she was accused of not paying her a hotel bill. To make matters even worse, she was robbed in Las Vegas and then was attacked by a mob of fans in Brazil who ripped off her clothing in an attempt to get close to her. Jane's final chilling days continued. On June 22, 1967, her boyfriend was on his way to pick her up from a charity lunch when his vehicle was struck by another car. It was badly damaged, and Sam Brody was hospitalized with a broken leg and cracked ribs. But the constant deadly psychic warnings didn't stop him from going with Jane on her final nightclub tour, a decision that would ultimately be fatal. Just one week later, in the early hours of June 29, 1967, Jane's car, while traveling from a nightclub in Biloxi, Mississippi, in route to New Orleans, would slab into the back of a stopped semi-tractor trailer truck at 80 miles per hour. Jane Mansfield, her boyfriend Samuel Brody, and their driver Ronnie Harrison would be killed instantly. But by the grace of God, her three children, who were sitting in the back seat asleep, would survive the devastating accident without any major injuries.
1: The news of the Hollywood starlet's death stunned fans around the world. However, many were publicity seekers. Jane Mansfield left behind five children, a crumbling estate, but had made her mark as a Hollywood legend just like Marilyn Monroe. Anton LaVey said he had warned Jane about the deadly curse, but she chose to ignore it. During a memorial service held in her honor at the Church of Satan, 30 people reported that a series of amber-colored bulbs suddenly flared up without explanation, but never shattered. LeVay said that it happened because Jane wanted to let us know. She was still with us. Her ex-husband Mickey, the father of three of her children, immediately flew to New Orleans after learning that his ex-wife had died in a car accident. He accompanied her body back to Pennsylvania, where she was laid to rest on July 3, 1967, at the Fairview Cemetery, thousands of miles away from the glitter of Hollywood, where she reigned as a sex symbol. At Jane Mansfield's funeral, the burial ground was besieged by heartbroken fans, some trying to take plots of grass. The line of mourners stretched from the cemetery to the center of town. The service was conducted by Charles Montgomery, a pastor of the Zion Methodist Church, stating to mourners, the actress enjoyed earthly mansions, but will now enjoy the Father's mansion in heaven. Her heart-shaped gravestone said, we live to love you more each day. The three siblings who survived the car crash were raised by their father, Mickey Hargitay, and his third wife, Ellen. Jane's youngest son, Tony Simber, was raised by his father and his third wife, a dress designer. The following year, two wrongful death lawsuits were filed on the behalf of Jane's oldest daughter, Jane Marie Mansfield, for $4.8 million and the latter for $2.7 million, although the outcome is not known. At the time of her death, Jane Mansfield's estate was appraised initially at $600,000, including Sam Brody's $185,000 estate, which he had left to her. Mickey Hargitay sued the estate for the support of their three children, but in 1969, he lost this claim on the basis that he had the means to support and educate the children himself. In 1971, Beverly Brody sued the Mansfield estate for $325,000 worth of presents and jewelry given to Jane by Sam Brody, which was settled out of court. However, when Jane's four elder children went to court in 1977 to seek a proper account of the state, it was insolvent due to $500,000 worth of debts that Jane had incurred in estate litigation. What was most chilling was any family and friends who were connected to Jane's Manfield reported several supernatural experiences. After her death, her personal maid for many years often heard Miklos, who had been injured in the car accident that took his mother's life, talking to someone even though she knew he was alone in his room. The young boy told her that he had been talking with his mother and the maid believed that Jane was somehow communicating with her son from the other side. Other strange incidents happened. Her ex-husband, Mickey Hargitay, was involved in a bad accident just outside the gates of her Pink Palace estate. Other bizarre incidents included Victor Houston, a young man who worked as Jane's road manager and who was a constant visitor at the mansion died suddenly. Her maid Linda was also involved in a terrible accident. Many people believe the estate was haunted by the ghost of Jane Mansfield. Bursting water pipes ruined many pieces of furniture and plumbers who came to repair the damage were allegedly frightened off by moving objects. One painter said that when he was working in Jane's former bedroom, He felt he was being watched and was even touched on the shoulder several times. Creepy moaning sounds were often reported, and servants refused to continue working at the mansion. New ones were hired, but often left after only a few days in the house. Even Jane's longtime maid finally quit, stating, I never want to work in that house again. Her spirit, they said, was restless because she wanted to ensure that her children received their inheritance. Unfortunately, the pink palace was later sold by Jane's third husband and his attorney. According to American Hauntings, the next buyers of the mansion were a bank president and his family. Right after they moved in, the banker's son found a pink Honda that the late actor Nick Adams had given to Jane during a brief affair. The boy started it up and took it for a spin around the estate and then decided to try it out on the road. Just as he was roaring out of the gates and onto Sunset Boulevard, he was struck by an oncoming car and was killed instantly. The banker and his family allegedly moved out the same day. The singer Cass Elliot of the Mamas and Papas later bought the house and moved in with her husband. She went to London to record some television commercials and left her husband behind to oversee the redecorating of the mansion. Later, Cass died before she could ever return home to the Pink Palace. Another woman who bought the home claimed to experience a strange energy and after moving in, she suddenly had a desire to dye her hair blonde and dress in clothing that had once belonged to Jane, which she had found in storage. After going to a plastic surgeon for breast enlargement, she was questioned by concerned friends, but she could give no explanation for her odd behavior. Soon she became obsessed with Jane Mansfield and began spending thousands of dollars to purchase any memorabilia of the actress that she could find. She didn't stay in the Pink Palace for long though, One night, she claimed that she heard a woman's voice begging her to get out. Aware of the deadly fate that had befallen the two previous owners, she packed up her belongings and fled the estate. The next buyer of the mansion was Ringo Starr of the Beatles, who had been a fan of Jane Mansfield when she was alive and had been a close friend of hers. Although Ringo mostly used the house for parties and only actually lived in it for a short while. After moving in, he had the pink mansion repainted white, but after a month, the house began to turn pink again. Some said it was because pink was a hard color to cover, but others claimed that it was Jane's ghost making herself known. The mansion was repainted again using a sealer and two coats of paint, but once again it turned pink, much to the bewilderment of the workers. Eventually, the house was successfully repainted and remained white until the home was sold again. The next owner, singer Engelbert Humperdinck, who had once been Jane Mansfield's lover, purchased the mansion in 1977. Before moving in, he had the house blessed by a Catholic priest, and issued a statement about the haunting in 1980. He said he didn't believe the house was haunted any longer, but he did admit to a few chilling experiences. Once, after an earthquake, he discovered a section of the yard had settled into a shape of a heart, Jane's favorite design, and was a bit spooked. He thought that perhaps Jane had returned after all, but it was discovered that the heart was actually a filled-in pool that Jane had built for her children. In 2002, Humperdinck sold the house to developers, and it was demolished in November of that year. Since that time, there have been no further reports of Jane's ghost haunting the grounds of the estate, and her spirit has finally gone towards the light.
0: Jane Mansfield, a dedicated wife and mother, was quoted as saying before her untimely death, We take our children everywhere we go. I don't believe in having them and then leaving them to someone else to bring up. Her daughter, actress Mariska Haggerty, was one of the three children in the car accident that tragically killed the movie star in 1967. Although the Law and Order Special Victims Unit star has said she doesn't remember the crash, the scar on the side of her head has served as a constant reminder. Mariska told Closer Weekly magazine in an interview, "'Losing my mother at such a young age "'is the scar of my soul,' "'and says she's learnt how to live with the loss "'by leaning into it. "'As the saying goes, "'the only way out is through it.'" She went on to say, "'My mother,' Jane Mansfield, "'was this amazing, beautiful, glamorous sex symbol.'" But people didn't know that she also played the violin and had a 160 IQ. She had five children and she loved dogs. She was just so ahead of her time. She was an inspiration. She had this appetite for life and I think I share that with her. If I want to remember her, all I have to do is look in the mirror. She's with me still.
1: Our show notes, along with links to the news articles and interviews we used in researching and writing this episode, are available on our website at deathbymisadventure.co.uk. The show's hosts included the talented Eduardo Fahey in London, England, Tom Dre in Long Beach, California, and myself. I'm JC Nova, also based in LBC. This podcast was recorded at Skywave Studios in Hollywood by sound engineer Edwin Arzu, and produced by Cosmic Media. A special thanks to Christopher Lang, our audio producer in Tucson, Arizona, who helps bring each episode to life. Kudos to Paulina of Upper Planet. She's responsible for the design of our super cool website. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Death by Misadventure Podcast. This has been Death by Misadventure. Thanks for listening.